Hello, ladies and gentlemen. I am the host of Independent Thought. My name is Desmond Price. No matter where you are in the world, I want to thank you for giving me a few minutes of your day to hear my thoughts. As always, we have a great show for you today. Now here are our topics. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Independent Thought. My name is Desmond Price. We are once again joined with Christopher Tracy. Chris, welcome back to the show. Thanks, Deeds. Great to be here. So, for this episode, I wanted to talk about a couple different things that are going on right now in the world. But the first thing I think we need to talk about is mail-in voting. I wanted to probe some of your thoughts on what's happening. Right now, you know, I'm in the state of Montana. We have mail-in voting happening in most of this state. Well, it is an option for everyone who lives in the state of Montana. There are certain counties that are going exclusively to mail-in voting for this election cycle. I know that Missoula County did that, and I wasn't mad about it whatsoever. But I hear more and more states are going towards that because of coronavirus for the general election. What are your thoughts on mail-in voting? Like, Should we be more towards this, against this? What are your thoughts? Well, I'm still trying to form, uh, you know, proper thoughts about it because, you know, I'm just now reading about the issue and I've just totally been totally ignorant to it, period. But, um, I mean, I'm, I'm having to, you know, see it now because the obviously lockdown, you know, social distancing. So how the hell do we have traditional voting with social distancing? But, you know, also I see it from its convenience standpoint because, you know what, we're a society that likes to, that works and we work a lot. So I see it at that angle, too. Right. But, you know, some people are talking about, you know, corruption. And, you know, D, I'm one of those people, like, if they do not want to count certain votes from certain people, they're not going to do it. It doesn't matter how we do it, manual or online, they'll throw those votes out if they want them out. So everybody's talking about, like, you know, they can screw with the election and the votes, the vote count. True. But they can do that no matter what route we go. It is absolutely true. Honestly, you know, I might have to hijack this segment somewhat because uh, for those well, of I know who... this has always been your thing and you should, yeah. I feel like people will really learn from you because you are so on top of, you know, voting and voter suppression, voter fraud. You're on top of, you know, the vote issue and I should I... be more on top of it, but I'm not. I spoke about this a couple episodes ago. I had an episode called, uh, um, God, I forgot the episode title of my own episode, but I think my ballot has arrived. That's the episode title. And I received my primary ballot for the state of Montana and I had some thoughts. And for those of you who want to hear those thoughts, please go check that episode out. But one of the things I touched on in that episode was this exact issue. And I'm just going to keep this simple because I honestly cannot get over the dumb shit remarks that people have about this issue. And it usually comes from the right. And I'm not going to lie to you people if you're someone who's listening to this and you feel like you're more on the right ideology, you know, I'm not trying to call you a moron, but a lot of the people who, you know, bring up this argument, it just makes no goddamn sense to me. So let me spell it out what is said. They say that with mail-in voting, there would be more of a chance for ballot corruption, okay? Let me explain this to you guys really quickly here. We live in an age of the computer, okay? So at the end of the day, everything that we do is counted electronically. We map everything electronically. We track everything electronically. So at the end of the day, 
it shouldn't be too hard to figure out how many people are registered in a county, who is registered in a county, and make sure that there's no duplicates of someone's vote. So if you were to have someone who wasn't supposed to be registered in that county and you received their vote, it shouldn't be too hard for a computer to be like, oh, that person is registered here, discount their vote. Or, oh, they are registered here, we count their vote. Or, oh, we've already received a vote for this person. Let's make sure that their vote doesn't get counted. Or, I mean, like this, these things shouldn't be too hard to track. You know, like these are government databases. And then we have some people talking about, oh, people are voting who are dead. It shouldn't be too hard for a government database to be able to highlight a social security number and know if that person is still living or not. Okay, so at the end of the day, there should be no reason whatsoever that the government should not be able to track votes and make sure there are no duplicate votes and make sure that people aren't voting where they're not supposed to. Okay, this is a, a Microsoft Excel level issue. Okay, there's absolutely no reason why there should be any problem with this other than the fact that people don't want you to do it because it makes it easier. And they are afraid that if people have more access to easier voting, that there might be higher turnouts, which might be bad for them. Okay, that's the only real thing that's going on here. There is no way that there could be actual voter fraud on this level. I mean, if you want to go into the lines of, well, maybe people will like count votes or not count votes. You can have that problem anyway, like you were just saying, Chris. Like there might be people who will actually like not count votes, but that can happen anyway. And I think we do need some kind of, you know, oversight for the Secretary of State offices in every single state because I do think it's shady currently that like all the votes get sent to the Secretary of State currently, and then they have to send the official results in to DC, which. I think that that's kind of crazy because there should be somebody there to watch them count the votes to make sure that they're counting the votes accurately. That's my take on it. I agree. It, but it's just, it's just nonsense to me. Like, like at the end of the day, this shouldn't be an issue. There should be no way that you could say like, oh, well, you know, mail-in voting is going to cause problems. Like, for what? For, for what? You know, there's... Just, for what and for who? Yeah, I just like the, the, you cannot say that logistically, you know, that there's just there's no way. But getting off that tangent, you know, a little bit, I do think that the problem can come in that certain states that have never done it before, having them do it on a general election year might be asking a lot because the states might not be ready for all of the you know, kind of like the logistical problems that can come with organizing mail-in ballots for an entire state, you know, so maybe doing it on a general election year might not be the best choice, but I think smaller states would be able to handle it decently, but larger states might struggle with it a little bit. But I think some of these smaller population states, like the states that have like 5 million or less people, I think that they should give it a shot because, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, during this time of coronavirus, it almost seems unethical to ask people in November to trot out to the polls when we know the coronavirus is going to rebound in the fall. Definitely. Well, you know, one thing that concerns me, D, about mail-in voting is, you know, we make this a thing because, you know, a lot of people on the left are, you know, pretty adamant about it. I'm just wondering, like, you know, if we make this a thing nationally and Trump doesn't get reelected in 2020, it's like... Can we feel good about that and feel like 
that maybe the other side would accept the results of the election peacefully. That's what concerns me. You know, here's the opposite question. If, you know, if the shoe were on the other foot, you know, would the Republicans care about whether or not the Democrats would be okay with, you know, like someone being, you know, elected? You know, I, I never hear the Republicans saying, oh, well, we have to make sure the Democrats are okay with this. You know, I, I feel like the Democrats have to stop being wussies after a while. Now, I feel like there's just too much of them caring about, you know, offending Republicans, about like hoping that Republicans will get on board with things, about hoping that the right will full like, you know, like just not go crazy. It's just like, I, I think we sh- they, they shouldn't like, one side shouldn't have to worry about the other in that way. I mean, at the end of the day, no one's like nothing bad is going to happen from Trump getting defeated other than we'll have to just hear his mouth even more because no matter what, because no matter what happens, we're going to hear his mouth for the next like few months after the election. It's either going to be him whining or it's going to be him gloating. We're going to hear that man's mouth till the day he dies. As long as Twitter keeps functioning. I mean, like, regardless if he's in politics or he's in anything, he is somebody that as long as he has the public eye, as long as somebody's willing to get him a platform, we're going to hear his mouth. And not to mention having ex-president of the United States on his list, we're going to hear his mouth probably even more. That, but, is, that is true. That is very but true. Here, but, I mean, here's my thing with that, D. I mean, like, you already see it. And not to mention, no, I, I do account that a lot of these people could very are are very well paper tigers. But I mean, there's people out there who aren't paper tigers, who haven't gone on Facebook and made any kind of threat, and we don't know what like you know some of these people might do in the event of you know a Trump defeat. That is true, but and I hate to say what I'm about to say, but I'm going to say it anyway. But in the age of mass surveillance, I have a hard time believing that any true threat would ever gain traction. I mean, a true threat to who? I mean, a true threat to you and me. No, that's false. But a true threat to the government, the overall power structure? Nah, that's crazy. That wouldn't happen. Yeah. But I mean, that's the biggest thing about, you know, Trump mania and, you know, MAGA stuff, MAGA fandom that has me worried because, like, it's not a threat overall to our system. I feel like, especially after Corona, our system of government and the power of the Republicans and Democrats is pretty well in place. But what's not well in place is, you know, the safety of average everyday people trying to compete with a lot of these politically frustrated people and have to live next to them. That's what I'm concerned about. Everyday life. You know, it's honestly, it's one of those things that it might just be a a moment in time. I feel like as quickly as things change to become this way is also as quickly as things can change in the opposite because the one thing that i've realized from just from this coronavirus outbreak is that you know human beings have an incredible ability to adapt quickly to new circumstances okay absolutely and so we had our entire worlds flipped upside down and we were able to adapt almost instantaneously to a brand new set of lifestyle that you know like would be unheard of six months ago now you pair that with the political climate that Trump has essentially like either directly or indirectly created, not just in America, but around the world since he's been elected. And we think, wow, the world's so crazy. It wasn't like this five years ago. 
And to be fair, I think the same can be said if someone, if Trump's opposite would just appear. You know, I think someone else could come in and just calm things down. And essentially, if someone just attempted to put things back to quote unquote normal, it still wouldn't be a good country, but it wouldn't be so divisive. And I think that's very possible just given the, the right person in the right circumstance. Like I'm saying, like, I'm glad that you brought that up. I think we need, we need one openly aggressive, hostile liberal, just like how we have Trump. We need that. We need that on the left, too. And I'm, I'm thinking that that person is probably going to come eventually. But I don't know how long we can, how much longer we can afford to wait for them. Oh, you know, I'm not saying it's a good thing, D. I don't necessarily want to take that approach, but I like having that person there to balance stuff out. It's true. It's very true. I also think that, you know, this, this kind of like leads us into our, our next segment here. I, uh, I, you know, actually, I think I'm going to save that for the next time you join the, our, uh, our podcast here. There is going to be a question about, you know, how do you feel about Joe Biden and his chances in 2020? But I think I'm going to tease that for a future episode instead. Because Joe Biden deserves his own 15-minute segment, doesn't he? Oh, man. More if you got the time. <laughs> how do you, I mean, a man who's been in politics for 40 years and has a track record of nothing but failure and hypocrisy. How do you cram that in 15 minutes? Uh, artfully. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't have put it better myself. You know, just really briefly, though, let's just touch on the fact that the election itself is, you know, like, what can we really expect, you know, given coronavirus dominating the way that it is? Because you were saying this before, like, this would normally be the time around like, the end of May where the election would be heating up. But now it's like at a standstill because of coronavirus. In fact, Joe Biden's nowhere to be found. Like, I'm surprised his face hasn't been on milk cartons. You know, so like, <laughs> what well, is but the, re- the current? Just recently, though, just recently, though, D, sorry to cut you off, but I had to feel like I had to put this in. Trump took his first shots at Biden. And man, it was an ugly shot. He was saying like, you know, I want to talk about Joe Biden and all his accomplishments, but I doubt this man even remembers what he did yesterday. I was just like, <laughs> God damn. I was like, see, see, this is what Democrats have to look forward to. Oh, my God. And they're damn near the same age. Oh. Uh, uh, I think Democrats should be thanking their lucky stars that coronavirus is happening right now. Because if Trump had unfiltered access to go after Biden with all eyes on him in a non-lockdown situation, man. I mean, right now, I'd already be calling the election for Biden. I mean, for Trump. And I'm already, I still am, but still. All right, all right, all right. We'll, we'll save it for the next episode. Hold on now. Hold on now. <laughs> <laughs> but the state of the election in and of itself, like, you know, candidates aside, you know, I just want to just quickly just put out a, a little, uh, this is my personal conspiracy theory, which I think I've told you about this a couple months ago. But it feels even more relevant now. Don't be surprised if you heard it here first that come November of this year that we do not have an election because Trump is going to say that, well, he's gone on the record and already said that he hates the idea of mail-in voting. He's also come out and directly said recently 
that he knows that Republicans actually do worse when there is when there is a larger voter turnout. He he came out and said that directly himself. So which is amazing to me that he's that open about some things that he shouldn't be so open about. That is crazy. I mean, he's like, he's like giving a strategy to beat him. Yeah. But he came out and said those things. And now, so don't be surprised, everyone, if Trump shows up in October and he's like, you know what, folks, we just can't have the election next month because it's for your own safety. We just can't have you coming out. So I'm going to postpone this until coronavirus is no longer a threat. And then you'll have Trump just postponing the creation of a vaccine for a year plus or until whenever he feels his poll numbers are good enough and then he'll hold the election don't be surprised if the election doesn't happen in november is all i'm trying to say don't be surprised i wouldn't be because it wouldn't it it doesn't seem that crazy to me for trump to try to postpone the election on some crazy authority that he claims to have and the well, it would be crazy, would D, and it would also be very, very poetic because if it did happen, and I'm almost kind of wanting it to because the Republicans in 2012 thought Obama was going to do that. And he was going to postpone the election, suspend the Constitution, and take guns. I have no words for what you just said. No words. You shouldn't. They don't deserve any. Ah, uh, the hypocrisy. It is I mean, right? thick. Right. But, like, we express those fears about Trump doing that. Like, oh, no, he'd never do that. He loves this country. It's the media. You liberals are paranoid. It's just like, oh, man. Here we go. Yes, we have. All right, Chris. Thank you so much for joining us once again. The next time you come back, we're going to talk about Joe Biden and, oh, and and Joe Biden. Yes, I can already tell, D, you're so looking forward to it. I am ecstatic. Thank you, everyone, for (laughs) joining us today on Independent Thought. We will see you next time. Hey, Indie Thought listeners. Has this past year helped you rediscover your creative and crafty side? Well, then you're going to love our sponsor for today's episode, Bathing Beauties Beads is a full-service bead shop in the heart of downtown Missoula. Whether it's seed beads, semi-precious stones, vintage beads, or just materials to make a project, they have something for every person and every price range. Not from Missoula? Don't worry. They have an extensive online store and they will ship directly to you. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, they'll welcome you and help you make your next project a reality. You can find them online at Bathing Beauties Beads on Instagram and Facebook or at bathingbeautiesbeads.com. And don't forget to use offer code INDEPENDENTTHOUGHT at checkout to save 15% on your order. Betty's Divine is a locally owned boutique on the magnificent hip strip in downtown Missoula, Montana that has been a fixture in the Mountain West since 2005. We have a fondness for vintage-inspired clothing, shoes, and accessories for humans, as well as the real deal found in our vintage department, Divine Trash. Betty's Divine presents a snapshot of Northwest styles with an emphasis on street, skate, surf, and rock and roll culture, as well as Americana classics. Alongside a radical selection of clothing, Betty's Divine offers a damn fine array of shoes, jewelry, records, and accessories to satisfy any taste, whatever your age or vibe. You can count on us to prioritize financial, social, and environmental responsibility without sacrificing the look. 
Visitors enjoy a lovely atmosphere, dreamy tunes, and the best customer service in the West. And you can shop us online at bettysdivine.com. Hello, everyone. I just want to conclude this episode today by just reaching out to you, the fans, once again, and just saying that if at any point in time that you have any questions or comments that you want to make about any particular segment or any particular episode, or if you are interested in coming onto the podcast as a guest, please feel free to reach out to me on Twitter or on Instagram. Go ahead and feel free to leave me a DM and we can set something up or we can address whatever conversation that you may want to have. This is an open forum, so don't be afraid to approach me. Uh, We, the people who are on my podcast with myself, including myself, we are no experts in any particular field, so do not feel intimidated or don't feel like any question that you might have may be stupid or whatever the case may be. Any and all commentary and questions are welcome, so please feel free to reach out. And lastly... For those of you who have not already, please go ahead and subscribe to my podcast. More episodes will be coming soon. And if you are an iPhone user, which I believe a lot of people who listen to my podcast are, please go on to your notifications and turn on badges and banners so that you will know when new episodes come out. Thank you to everyone who has continued to tune in. New episodes will be coming soon. everyone that is our show for today i want to thank you all for checking out indie thought independent thought is brought to you by your host desmond price you can follow us on twitter at independent thought or at indie i-n-d-e thought so again thank you all for coming and hanging out with me for those of you who found me on iTunes or on Spotify, please go ahead and subscribe to us. Give us a five-star rating. If you give us a four-star rating, I'm inclined to think you're a hater. So don't hate. Thank you so much. And I hope to see you all next time.